Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Hey, Bridgewater, it is so good to be with you today. Um, Just sending love to you, Pastor Drew, Pastor Kay. Um, Love you guys and just so glad to be with your congregation this morning. Um, I know that we're not physically in the same room, but we are in the same room in the spirit. And I believe that the Lord has something for us today. Uh, So this morning, uh, if you could just uh, connect with me through prayer, prayer, and then we're going to get into the word of God today. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to be together in this space and to acknowledge your presence, O God, that you are not uh, just in one location, but Lord God, you are all places at the same time. Thank you, Lord God, for your divine presence, O God, and your divine power. And Lord God, we pray even now that you would use this moment to speak to us, Lord God, as we surrender ourselves to you. God, everything that you have given us, O God, we know it has been for a purpose, a season, and a reason, O God. So Lord, give us this bread today that we might live and have life to full. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, it is so good to be with you today and just to get into the word and to look what God has for us today. If you would this morning, I'd like for you to turn to uh, 1 Kings, the 17th chapter, and we're going to read a passage of scripture that may be familiar to us uh, that takes us back to uh, one of the great prophets of uh, that time, and that is the prophet Elijah. Now, many of us know that prophet Elijah is uh, held as one of the greater prophets um, throughout uh, the Bible, and he was one who was so connected to God, one who would hear the word of God, who would obey the word of God, and also called others into relationship with God. Um, This was a time where there were many false idols, uh, false uh, gods, and there was a big conflict between uh, uh, Elijah and Ahab and um, his wife Jezebel. And remember, there were so many uh, things that God was trying to pull his people out of, these false gods. And there was this uh, showdown, if you would, of of the prophets um, on the side of Mount Carmel. And they uh, began to uh, show down which God was going to answer. And and our God did answer indeed. But in this uh, passage, this transition, we meet Elijah and he is basically um, on the run. Uh, He has um, declared a word that has now uh, stopped uh, it from raining. And and now uh, there's a drought happening. And you know, when there's no water, things can't grow. And so the only way that things will grow is when Elijah opens his mouth again to speak that it should rain again. And so we're going to enter this passage today under the title and this message, what you have is all you need. And the subtext is, he's got you. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's got you. No, really turn to your neighbor and say, he's got you. Well, let's start with the text. This morning, if you would turn to the scripture again, that's 1 Kings 17, starting with verse uh, 1. 
1 Kings 17, verse 1. Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. First, let's just stop there for a minute. Is that Elijah is so powerful or so anointed and the power of God exists in him so greatly that he shuts up the heavens. He shuts up the skies. Not only does he say it's not going to rain, but not even dew is going to show up. There will be no water uh, to water anything. And we know that things are going to begin to die if there's no water. Even when we think about our lives, our souls, our, uh, our, our existence, we as believers, we need water. We need the word. We need uh, God's presence to, to, for things to flourish and to grow. But Elijah declares that there will be no rain, nor will they be due. And so Elijah makes this declaration and after he speaks, then God speaks. I want to let you know that they're in concert and they're in connection. They're talking to each other. They're sharing with each other and they're beginning uh, uh, this relationship and walk that they have together is sometimes uh, uh, tension because Elijah is always facing his fears as he's walking with the Lord. But then the Lord speaks and the Lord uh, speaks to Elijah and he says to him, he says, leave here, turn eastward and hide in the Karath ravine east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook and I, that I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. I'm going to say that again. You will drink from the brook and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. I love this is that God sends him on a path, on a journey. He sends him to a place that's kind of um, off. It's east of the Jordan. It's a ravine. And he sends him to this place and he says, you're going to drink water there. That while you have shut up the heavens, you still will have uh, water to drink. And so he says, not only are you going to have water to drink, but I'm also going to give you Food. I'm sending you to a place of isolation. Anybody know about isolation? All of us, we can say we know about isolation because we're coming out of COVID and we know what it is to be away from everyone and everything and not to be able to be gathered in the community like we normally are. And Elijah was in this space by himself and he began uh, uh, to, to, to be alone. But the Lord says, I'm going to, in your alone time, I'm still going to feed you and I'm still going to provide you drink. That's good news that you will never be in a place where God will not feed you and he will not provide you drink. And so he is being provided by uh, this brook. He's being provided uh, uh, liquid. He's being provided water from the brook. And also he's being fed by the ravens. Now, anybody know anything about ravens? Now, many of you know I'm a graduate of Anderson University um, and, and being a part of the Anderson University community, we are known as the ravens. And when I got a, became a part of the community, I was like, why do we pick the ravens as our uh, uh, as our um, uh, uh, theme, as, as, as our guy? Uh, you, we have a bird, Rodney the raven. He is our um, uh, guy. And so he, he's always around. And I said, a raven? Why a raven? As we know, if you look at mythology, you look through history, you look through all of these books and texts, you find out uh, that uh, this uh, raven, that ravens always considered to be uh, negative, that they come along in your life and they're they're usually uh, the, the negative part of a story. They're
There are even poetry written. If we think of Edgar Allan Poe, he wrote a poem about the raven. And, and so many things are negative because it, they are considered to be the dirty bird. They are scavengers. They go after uh, the negative things in the world. They eat the carcasses of those things that have died. But the Lord says, I'm going to feed you through a dirty bird. I want to let you know that God will feed you even through some things that may seem negative. He will still take care of you. He's not going to leave you by yourself. And so he still provides for Elijah in this time that the heavens are shut up and Elijah is all alone away from community. God is providing for Elijah. So he's sitting there by this brook, by this uh, ravine, and he is drinking and he's eating. And it's because God has a space for your provision. God has a space for your provision. I want to let you know that there's some things that God has for you that you've got to be in the right place at the right time to receive. And we have to be open that God sometimes will isolate you in order to get some things to you. There's some lessons that we learn in isolation. There's some things that we can glean from those moments when we're by ourselves. And so the Lord will continue uh, to take time and spend time with you and bring you into a place of isolation so that you can come away with something great than what you already have. God has a space for your provision, a space designed for you. And so he puts him in this space where he can download some things. He can speak to him. He can provide for him. He can get up his strength. Remember that when Elijah makes this declaration, this thing, he's standing up, up against a king. He's standing up against Jezebel. He's standing up against the rulers of those times and he's standing for the Lord. And imagine how stressful that was, how difficult that was. And so the Lord pulls him out to give him strength to recover. God has a space for your provision. The Bible goes on to say, it says in verse five, it says, so he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Karath ravine east of the Jordan and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. The beautiful thing about this is that he got two meals a day. <laughs> I tell you, Elijah was doing OK. He got two meals a day. He got bread and he got meat. I'm so glad that the Lord is not on a limited supply, that he got the meals every day. He didn't get a meal, but he got meals every day because God had something in mind for Elijah. He wanted him to get his strength. He wanted him to get his groove back if you would. And so Elijah, he stays by this space. He spends time by this space. He gets used to this space. It becomes his new norm. I know many of us, we know about the new norm. When things start to change, they become a little different. They become a little distant. And, and, and we say, oh, this is my new norm. Life changes. There's new uh, ways that people react, new ways that people move about the earth. And so he's experiencing this and he has a new norm. But the Bible says in verse seven, it says, sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Somebody would have said, Elijah, that's your fault. 
<laughs> there's no rain because you shut up the heavens. But but no, this was a part of God's plan all along. And so there was no rain in the land. Verse eight. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. Wow. So the Lord dries up the brook. There's no more water. The, the ravens aren't going to show up anymore because the Lord has now directed him to go down to Zarephath. Now, I want to let you know, uh, when the Lord asked him to go to Zarephath, this is also the region uh, that uh, uh, his nemesis was from. Jezebel was from this region. She was from this area. This is, is so almost saying, go into her territory. Oh, my Lord. I want to let you know that sometimes the Lord will send you into the enemy's camp. And just because you're going into the enemy's camp doesn't mean that God won't be with you. We look throughout the Bible. We look at the three Hebrew boys. We look at all of these people who have been in the enemy's camp, who've been in Babylon, who've been in all these spaces, but the Lord was with them. You remember Joseph, but the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord will never send you into a space where he will not go with you. And so he sends him to Zarephath to be fed by a widow. I love how God sets things up. He does things in such a way that he sets it up to where uh, there's going to be a, 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 a connection. There's going to be uh, something that happens, some dynamics that happen. He's setting it up, but he doesn't give you all the details. He doesn't tell you everything that's going to happen. How many of you are walking through life and wish God would give you more details, that he would tell you more information, that he would download some other things into you so you could understand what's happening next, that he would give you a play-by-play, -play, but God never gives a play-by-play -play because if we got a play-by-play, -play, we wouldn't need faith. So he says, go to Zarephath. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. I want to say to you, provision is not limited to a destination. It's a journey. See, he could have settled there by the brook, but that brook was going to dry up. And if he thought that the miracle was in the brook, then he missed God. I want to let you know that God is the miracle. It's not the provision, but it's God himself. We have these families where we're trying to provide for our families. We're trying to do things for our families. We want to take care of our families. We're trying to live and, and be prosperous in the things that we do for God and for our families. I want to let you know the miracle is not bringing home money and bringing home food and keeping shelters overhead over people's heads. The miracle is when we allow God to lead our lives. He is the miracle. When we're connected to God, we're connected to a miracle. And provision comes because provision is not limited to a destination. It's a journey. It's a journey with the Lord. I remember throughout my life, every time, oh, so many times and more times than I could even remember that God has provided, that God showed up, that God sent miracles in mailboxes. Oh, my Lord. You get a check. Somebody sent you something, sent you a gift just in the nick of time. I remember running out of gas and God provided. I remember all of the mysteries that God did the things he performed in my life, things I did not deserve, nor had I earned. But because I was on the journey with the Lord, the, jour the journey the Lord took with me and he always showed up. I want to let you know that provision is not limited to a destination. 
God would sometimes pick you up and take you across the country and do something different with you. But he's going to be there. Our family is currently doing that. We are in transitioning, transition moving to Virginia. And in this process, we have seen the hand of the Lord that he shows up before we even get there. That the Lord will set the stage for you. And there's things that you don't even have to do because God has a conversation. Remember, he says, I've directed a widow to feed you. But listen more to this, uh, this passage as we continue on. The Bible says that in, in 1 Kings uh, 17, verse 10, it says this. So he went to Zarephath. He was obedient. Check this out. He went to Zarephath. When he came to the town's gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. Oh, <laughs> easy. This is the setup, right? This widow is there. She's gathering sticks. The Lord said that he was going to feed me through a widow. So she's here gathering sticks. So if she's gathering sticks, she must be getting these sticks to prepare a meal or she's doing something with these sticks. She must be the one. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? So I feel like Elijah was testing this thing out. Is she the one? Will she be willing to even give me something to drink? And so he says, will you get a small jar of water so I can have something to drink? And she replies, as she was going to get it, he called again. As she hears this, she's going to get it and he calls again. Hold on. Uh, uh, since she's going to do this now, let me really lay it on her because I'm not just thirsty, but I'm hungry. Oh, my Lord. I don't know about you, but some of us, we've been in places where we're not just thirsty, but we're hungry. We, 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 we receive something to quench our thirst. There's, there's water. There's water there. And remember, the heavens were shut up. So water was a necessity and water was there. But he also was hungry. And he said to her, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. Wow. He extends himself. And please bring me a piece of bread. Well, guess what? Provision requires activity. <laughs> provision requires activity. In other words, you have to be active for provision to happen. If if Elijah had went there and not had the conversation and he had not stepped out on faith and opened up the door with this conversation, he would still be thirsty. He would still be hungry. I believe that many of us in the kingdom, we're hungry and we're thirsty because we won't open up our mouth to ask the question. What is the question you have for God? What is the thing that you've been looking for God to do in your life? What have you been asking him to do over and over again or the thing that has been in your mind, but you haven't opened up your mouth to say it? Provision requires activity. And in the kingdom, activity is faith. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing the word of God. In other words, I hear it and then I respond to what I heard. What did he hear? He heard that a woman was expected to feed you. So he heard that and he responded to it. He took action. You've got to take action. What is the thing in your house? What is the thing in your life that you have not taken action on? What is the thing that's been lingering? You've been saying, I'll get to it, eventually do it. I'm not talking about your honey-do list. I'm talking about the thing that God is calling you to do, the thing that is nudging you, the thing that is burning within your heart. And you believe that you're supposed to do this for God's glory and for the kingdom. It can't delay anymore. Step out on faith and believe that what God says is the truth. And so he takes activity. 
he takes action, but then he gets some news. <laughs> he gets some news in verse 12. The Bible says, as surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Woo! This is probably one of the saddest verses that I've ever heard, that this woman was preparing for death. She knew that death was nigh, and so she said, this is our last meal. This is our last supper of sorts. This is the last time that my son and I will eat, and I know that after we eat this, because there's nothing in the land, after we eat this, we will surely die. Oh, it's only a few days away. Death is only a few days away. And I don't know how difficult your life has been. I don't know what you've been going through. I don't know what has been stirring in your world. And maybe you feel close to death. You maybe feel like this is the last time you're gonna be able to pay your mortgage. This is the last time you're gonna uh, be able to talk to your son about that trouble thing that's going on in their lives. Maybe this is the last time that you'll be able uh, to spend time with that uh, parent of yours, that older loved one of yours. You don't know what's going on, but it seems like death is nigh and you already accepted it. Oh my God. I want to let you know that we have to be people of faith who never accept defeat because we are not defeated in God. Some would say we always win. Well, she says, I gather these sticks. I got a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil and I'm going to put together a little something for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Sir, I don't have enough to give you. Sir, I don't have enough supply. I, 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 I've already planned this out. I've been in the process already. I have my mind made up. It was already in a place of devastation. I've been watching my supply go low. And now I'm in a place where I'm ready to eat this last supper. I've accepted the outcome. I accepted the circumstances. I, I've already made up my mind. I'm going to eat and I'm going to die. Wow. This is devastating. But I need you to realize that God's provision is just past your dilemma. Mm -hmm. God's provision is just past your dilemma. If you've ever looked at a real good book, if you've ever uh, watched a, a real good movie, if you ever read a book, you know that there's this moment where you don't know what the outcome is going to be. It can go either two ways. It can go this way or it can go that way. And you're not sure what the outcome is going to be. But, but you keep on reading to see where it's going to go. And so uh, God's provision is right after that climax, oh my God. God's provision is right after it gets as bad as it can get. I want to let you know that often God allows it to get so bad because when he works the miracle, he doesn't want any confusion about who did it. Oh my God. He wants you to know that without a doubt, it was him and only him, that he's the only one who could bring you out of where you were. And so God's provision is just past your dilemma. The Bible says that Elijah, the man of God who is 
filled with God's presence. He then speaks. I want to let you know this relationship with God and Elijah is quite special because God sets Elijah up in some way. He says this woman's going to provide, but this woman says she can't provide. But if God said she can do it, he believes. Oh, my God. He believes God. The question today is, do you believe God? Do you believe that God's got you no matter what you're going through? Do you believe that God's got you even in the midst of the storm? Do you believe that God's got you even though all hell is breaking loose? Things are falling apart. Does you believe that God's got you? He's got you. He does. He has you in the palm of his hand. And so Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, turn to your neighbor and say, but first. Turn to your other neighbor and say, but first. Make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself. And your son. Oh, my, I love this right here. He says, before you make this last meal, I want you to go ahead and make me just a small loaf. Make me a, a small portion of what you have. And often I want to let you know that when we look at this passage, we often see this as being uh, almost an example of, of, of tithing or gifting. That we take a portion of what we have and we give it to the Lord. We give it to the, the, to the church. We give it to the people of God. We give it for the, the, the sustaining of the kingdom, if you would. And so he says, take a small portion first and give it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, he's listening for the word of God. The man of God is listening for the word of God. This is why community is so important. Now, remember, God brings him from isolation into community. He brings him around people. Life is difficult at times with people because you are now interdependent, relying on each other to be obedient to God. He is dependent on her to obey the word of God so that his need can be met and God can do his thing. Oh, my God. We need each other. We need the community to come together. And the Bible says, For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. <laughs> My God, this is good news. Her little... Her small portion, her, 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 her meal that she had, this small meal that she had, that God was going to take this small meal, he was going to multiply it, and it would sustain her until the time that rain came back to the earth. Wow. What are you willing to give to the Lord? What are you willing to give? to offer up. Whatever the Lord is requiring, it's going to cost you something. Because she could say, hey, me and my son, we need all of this. I can't do this for you. But I want to let you know, provision, whatever the Lord is doing 
for you or doing in your life. And I want to let you know, provision is not just resources. It's not just money and bread. I'm talking about miracles. I'm talking about healing. I'm talking about deliverance. I'm talking about salvation. All of these things, provision, the things that we're asking of God, provision, it requires obedience. Provision requires obedience. As we obey, God provides. God's plan is to provide, but we must obey the word of God. The Lord is so clear about communicating to us. He uses all forms. He talks to us. He talks to others. He uses our pastors. He uses teachers. He uses different people. He even uses our kids sometimes to speak the truth of God. Provision requires obedience. And the Bible says in verse 15, she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Wow. In other words, exactly what God said would happen, happened. Exactly what God had spoken, he carried it out. I want to let you know today that all you have is all you need. She didn't have much. She didn't have the best, uh, fanciest of things. She only had a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. She was just like you, only had a little bit of education, only had a little bit of money in the bank, only had a little parenting skills, only had a little bit of knowledge about the word of God, only had a little bit, only a little bit. That's all you need. If you've got a little bit and you've got a big God, you've got enough. My God, my God. And so... She was obedient and God blessed her and the oil and the flour sustained her as the Lord has spoken. Finally, provision is not a possibility, it's a promise. Provision is not a possibility, it's a promise. See, whatever promise that God makes, God keeps. He is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent of anything he says. Will he not perform it? Will he not do it? Will he not keep his word? If God speaks it, you can count it as done. Promise made, promise kept. And so God makes a promise. And in his word, he just doesn't make a promise to this woman, but he makes a promise to us. He makes a promise in his word. If you remember Matthew 6, 36, it speaks this word. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you as well. Seek first his kingdom. In other words, seek him out. Look where God is. Look where God is, is operating in a situation. Look where God is operating in a circumstance and watch what he will do in your life. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Well, what is righteousness? Well, righteousness is just doing things God's way. It's doing things the right way. And what's the right way? Doing things God's way because that is righteousness. 
and all these things shall be added unto you. What are the things? What are the things that you have before the Lord? What are the things you're praying about? What are the things you're seeking him for? What are the things that you've been laying on the altar? What are the things that you've been worried about? What are the things you've been concerned about? What are the things that have been wrestling with at night that you can't sleep? The things you're walking the floor about, the decisions that have to be made. I want to let you know, seek him first and his way of doing things. And all these things will be added to you as well. God's got good things for his people. He's got good things in store for you. But you got to seek him first. Today, I want to remind you that all you have is all you need. I want to close with this story as I get ready to close out this message. Throughout our lives, we have seen God's handiwork. My wife and I, we are, are proud fathers of, of, of four daughters, and we would have had five daughters, but we know the experience of loss. Now, recall the time where my um, wife was pregnant with one of our daughters, and it was one of the roughest pregnancies ever. During this pregnancy, she developed gestational diabetes. It was just a rough pregnancy. But we had had pregnancies before, but this was just outside of the norm, and it was time for this baby to be born, but we were at a space where it just wasn't happening. So we went in for the baby to be induced. And so with the gestational diabetes, my wife gained weight. There was just so many things that went along with this. And she was um, at, at a uh, point of uh, being uh, diabetic. And it was just so many things. And so this was a very uh, concerning pregnancy, but we weren't too worried. And so we went in to be induced. We were ready to get that baby out. And so we got there and um, was preparing for uh, the the. Um, the process and, and as they had pre prepared her and gave her the medication that she needed in order to start the labor process because we were past date, we were ready for the baby to come. And we got into the positions that we needed to, my, they got stirrups for my wife and she was in the right position and she was ready to push. And, and, and I was there to be the cheerleader, the coach. We have done this before. I was almost feeling like I was a pro and so ready to, uh, to do the dad thing and to bring this baby forth. And so we got into the space and we're ready and the, the um, uh, midwives are there. We were so blessed to have midwives and we were, uh, they were there. Uh, they had been through the whole process with us. They had watched and measured and, and given us all of the details and all the details about this baby we were expecting. And so there's anticipation and excitement in that room, in that space. Today, we're going to meet our daughter. And so we're sitting in that space. And as the process begins, she begins to push and, and, and begins to do everything that she needs to do, but nothing is really happening. And so while nothing is happening, we begin to get a little concerned. The baby's not coming forth, and eventually we get to a space where we know 
that this is now becoming dangerous. Her, her you know, it, the, the sack has been broken. It's time for this baby uh, to come forth, but she's not coming. And so everybody started to look at each other and they were a little alarmed. I thank God for community because we received so many things from community these midwives, these people that were there who had done this so many times, so they called for a specialist. And so, of course, we were nervous, and the specialist came in, and the specialist measured my wife and did all the things that a specialist would do. And then the specialist said, hey, we're going to have to do something a little unorthodox in this process. We're going to have to get a suction cup, and we're going to have to put it on the baby's head. And at the top the crown of the baby's head, we're going to have to pull as you push. So at this point, they said, well, um, they gave us a pole over uh, the bed and, and put a towel. And, and on that towel, my wife would have to push and pull this towel to help push forth the baby. And so they, they got this suction cup ready and they were like, we're going to do this in a, just a few moments. We're going to get everything that we need. And, and in that moment, I, I paused. I needed to go somewhere where I could, I could get my mind together because all of the anxiety, all of the fear, all of the things came because here we are, we're, we're facing a moment of receiving a baby, but we're almost about to lose a baby. And we knew how serious this moment was. And, and so while they paused, I went into the restroom and I went into the bathroom that was in the suite in the room and I, I got down by the porcelain throne, my God. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but sometimes you just got to find an altar and make an altar wherever you can. And I got down and I began to talk to the Lord about his promises. I got down on my knees and began to talk to the Lord about what he said about this baby, that this baby was ours, that this baby would come forth, that God would bless us with this daughter. And I started to rehearse the promises of God. And I want to let you know that when you're going through your season, when you're going through your desperation, you need to start rehearsing the promises of God. You need to call those things out because what God says he will do. And so I got up from my altar and I walked out and I had a, a little more pep in my step because I started to believe God. I know there was concern in the room, but I had a little talk with Jesus. I told him all about my trouble. He heard my faintest cry and I believed him to answer by and by. And so we got out there and we began to push and pull, my God, push and pull. And so they put the suction cup on the end of this baby's head. And we're worried about, will this affect her uh, mentally? Will this delay her? Will this cause any damage? All those things were concerns. But in that moment, in that room, all we knew is that a baby was supposed to come forth. And so we got in the process. My wife was in the position and I was coaching. And I remember feeling all of the pushing and pulling, even within myself. I was, I was acting it out because I wanted that baby to come forth. And so as my wife was pushing and pulling, I was pushing and pulling too. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I was having my own labor. I want to let you know some of you are in your own labor process right now. And it's time to push and pull. 
And so I kept pushing and pulling and pushing and pulling. And my wife was pushing and pulling and we were pushing and pulling together. I want to let you know in the community, in the family, sometimes we got to come in agreement and we've got to push and pull together. Not only were we pushing and pulling, but the doctor had the cup, the suction cup on the baby. And as she would push, they would pull just a little bit. And so she started seeing more of the head and she said, hey, 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 we're almost there. I think if we get one more, we might get this baby out of there and we got to get this baby out of there. And so we braced ourselves and we got ready. And they said, come on, one more good push, one more good pull. And we all got together and we pushed and we pulled and out came a 10 pound, nine ounce baby girl. Now, I know some of you mothers, when you hear that, you're thinking in your head, you're thinking, what in the world? Ten pounds, nine ounces. I want to let you know that the delay, the holdup was not because of danger. It was because of the blessing. The blessing was bigger than what we expected. We were expecting a seven pound, 14 ounce child and out came a 10 pound, nine ounce baby girl. I want to let you know that if you push, if you pull, if you believe, if you trust God, if you take what you have, know that God's got you. Not only will he provide what you need today, but he's going to bless you with what you need for tomorrow. That's the God that we serve. Body of Christ, my brothers, my sisters, servants of the Most High, what you have is all that you need. God's got you. I want to pray for you today. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity to declare your word. I thank you for the opportunity to rehearse and to remember what you have done in the past and what you are even doing today. That, Lord, you are helping us to push and to pull into our destiny. Lord, we look at our circumstances and what we have in our hand seems like only enough to eat today and to die. But God, the good news is, is that you will cause what we have today to sustain us, not for just now, but forever. God, bless your servants as they lean into you and they begin to believe that what they have, it's enough. It's all that they need because indeed you got them. They will drink, they will eat from your blessed table. And we pray this now in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, my brothers and sisters. Hope to see you real soon. Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you wanna be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.